Friend of the show, Matt Jennings, is with me. We're going to talk about the TCU football team. Uh, this defense, can it be fixed? We'll discuss that and more. Coming up next here in Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, Locked On Horn Frog, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We just surpassed 900 subscribers, which is cool. Um, you can also find yeah. us. Yeah, let's do it. We, you can also find us wherever it is. You get podcasts and it's audio variety. I'm Stephen Simcox. Next to me in the box is Matt Jennings. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt A. Jennings. Uh, and Matt covers TCU really well and joins us typically on Monday um, during the football season. Today is uh, Wednesdays when you're listening to this. We're talking to him on the Tuesday because Matt was on a, a family trip. So I guess first off, uh, how much of the game in real time did you watch? Were you glued to the TV or were you kind of out and about? Yeah, no, we watched my my parents and I watched the whole thing. My my wife and children weren't subject subjected to it. They made the wise choice and uh, went and and had an had an outing and, a, and an enjoyable time and a play date with other you know sane people who normal people were yeah. invested in the results of that game and so thus are, are more emotionally uh healthy at this moment yeah well that's that's how the other half lives they don't have to worry about these these types of things and stress about them like we do uh so we'll just jump right into it defensively uh really rough game and a lot of people have brought up that this is now three straight games, or I guess two and a half. Um, if you start with like the Michigan second half, then the Georgia game, and now on to Colorado, where the defense has just not played well. Um, some new faces, but the majority of those guys are back. Year two with Joe Gillespie. Can this be fixed, Matt? Are, are we are we looking at a team? that is just going to be bad defensively all year long and we're hoping that we outscore people or it, it can this unit, you know, figure things out and get better as we uh, progress through the season. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to be mean, um, you could, you could argue it's four games, right? Because they gave uh, yeah. up 50 plus to Michigan, as you alluded to. And um, now that gets redeemed because they played the run so well and they yeah. and they had a couple pick sixes that were crucial in that game. But then they got diced up by Will Howard and, and Deuce Vaughn and K-State in the Big 12 title game. Mm-hmm. Um, big uh, A reason, a part of why they don't get to say they're Big 12 champs, right? They're reigning Big 12 yeah. champs. Um, so it hasn't looked great. Now, that's just such a stark contrast from – the last like three games of the regular season last year against uh, Texas and Baylor and Iowa state where that defense came through in the clutch in like some, or in Iowa state's case, like just like shut them down entirely Um, different team, obviously. But um, so it's, it's a little, it is a little jarring. I think, I think the fact that you've seen them do both is somewhat encouraging that you can get it right I think the thing that's concerning, and I think we talked about this like in the lead up to like the Big 12 title game and the playoff last year, they didn't face a lot of really the, – the worry that I have is when they face a very efficient, 
accurate or dynamic quarterback or any combination of those things, that's when they struggle, right? Like Will Howard was probably the best quarterback pass, at least passer that they faced in the regular season last year. They weren't really tested. And then once they got to big 12 title game, then they're playing JJ McCarthy. Then we can make all the Stetson Bennett jokes we want, but Stetson Bennett um, was lights out in the national mm-hmm. title game. And now you get Shooter Sanders. Like that's four quarterbacks in a row who just carved you up. Right. And so I think that's the concern is because when, because they're really good at stopping the run because they're, yeah. they, they commit to it and they, and they fit their gaps well. And other teams like, that was a big conversation in the Michigan game was like people are opposing teams don't really know how to block well against that odd front with the safeties mm-hmm. and the linebackers coming from weird angles, all that kind of stuff. But then you also have to be able to stop the pass and um, four 100 yard receivers, Shadur Sanders first game at Colorado setting a school passing record, not what you want. Um, if, so to your point, can they get it right? who are the scary quarterbacks that you see on the schedule this year? You think about Quinn Ewers, although you, you, you did a pretty good job against him a year ago. Um, We don't know what Preston Stone is at SMU yet, but they're pretty high on him. So we'll we'll see. You got a long time until Dylan Gabriel, but I mean, he's, he's Uh, a man. And and you, you had a, you had a a lid on Dylan Gabriel pretty well before he got hurt in the Oklahoma game last year. So like, You can talk yourself into like, oh, they might not find an opportunity to get exploited again, but it was not encouraging at all. Um, and I think it was a combination of both the play calling and the like effort and execution and like just lack of discipline, lack of like poor tackling. Those are things that are just concerning and they're things that I'm not sure how easy they are to fix. Right. I mean, that the tackling stuff, I think, is fixable. It's just a matter of, you know, concentration and, and getting guys to the ground and taking better angles and those things. I, okay, so let's move to this because I know a lot of people want want things change, but there's, there's just things that are simply not going to happen. Like Joe Gillespie's not getting fired anytime soon, maybe at the end of the season, but I, I highly doubt, like, anything's happening – during the regular season. I could be proven wrong with that. Um, I don't see them making wholesale personnel changes, but these you got some younger athletic guys. We, uh, we obviously know that teams are targeting these safeties and linebackers, trying to make them make plays in space, trying to make them cover. Could we see more, you know, Shad Banks? Do we see more, um, I, I don't know what Marcel Brooks' health status is, so I, I, I kind of worry about even mentioning him because I just don't know what that situation is like. But in um, some of these young safeties, you know, Jamal Johnson, Redon Fontenet, I know these are true freshmen. Um, Biddle, what are, what are your thoughts on their snap counts and if we could see some changes, maybe some tweaks, um, just from a personnel standpoint soon? Yeah, I, I think it probably needs to happen at some point. I think – with at line let's start at linebacker jamoy hodge and donny johnny hodges were were and are key pieces to that defense mm-hmm. they're veteran guys they're great against the run uh hodge in particular is like a is one of your kind of first guy off the bus kind of guys like you know physical yeah. presence right guys can't cover in space they can't cover in space not well and mm-hmm. and certainly not 
you know, there were plays on Saturday where they're getting asked, you know, Johnny Hodges is, is lined up, you know, um, you know, lined up with the center at the beginning of the play and he's having to keep pace with Dylan Edwards to the flat. Like that's, that's just, that's just mean, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Jonathan Bax, who, who got rave reviews in spring, true freshman, um, Terrence Cooks, who's a transfer from Texas, who hasn't really gotten to see the field yet because he's been hurt. Shad Banks, uh, you know, fan favorite, right? Um, I think you got to mix things up a little bit personnel-wise at that position. If you're, if you're going to ask that position to cover tight ends or cover running backs in space, um, it, it, you know what you have at that position with the starters that you have. You also need um, Obi Azor to um, to be on the field and as a former safety, like take a lot of that burden. And I, his first game as a starter at linebacker, I thought acquitted himself fairly well. Right. So that's at least one thing that you're like, okay, like that's not a loss. Right. At safety. I agree. I think like same deal, like Mark Perry and Miller Bradford are kind of like known commodities. You know what they are at this point in their careers. Um, Veteran guys. Um, Mark Perry is really good guy, uh, really good against the run, good leadership guy. Um, but are you going to ask them to cover slot guys and tight ends in space a lot? Yeah, I, I don't think that's a great choice. But look at what happened last year with Joe, uh, with Joe Gillespie. Like Abe Kamara was your starter for a good chunk of the year before Bud Clark like truly took over that position towards the like Bud Clark was rotating in, but mm-hmm. Abe Kamara was like the guy, even though like there were breakdowns with him at that position. So like, I get the sense that Gillespie's probably not, at least based on last year, not like itching to make big changes fast. I think he'd like to try and triage it with the guys that he has first and then like bring those younger guys along slowly because the system like does take time to learn. Any defensive system does take time to learn. So, um, you know, I would, I would think we'll probably get into big 12 play before we see, like significant changes in snap right. counts, but Sonny Dykes was saying this week, he's like, Hey man, like in terms of lineup changes, he's like, I really like what we saw from Rick DeBrew. And I really like what, like, like he was open to it. And so I do wonder if he'll like kind of lean on Gillespie, like, Hey, like, like let's, let's try some different things here. Yeah. Cause, we, cause, cause to your point, status quo is not working. No, it's not. And then, I mean, scheme wise, um, I know a lot of people are frustrated with, the lack of pressure to a certain extent that is a factor of you know what they're trying to do and who they're bringing um i don't know matt i feel like you're in you're in year two with a lot of these guys in the system i was surprised i wasn't surprised that they were kind of vanilla and playing a lot of soft like base stuff early in that game but they never really changed and i just i don't know what the rationale there is um it, it kind of goes back to the end of last season I realize that Joe is like, he seems to be a guy that's very much like, we want to keep stuff in front of us. We don't want to give up big plays over the top. But if you're, if you're constantly giving up just easy completions and teams are moving the ball on you anyway, I'm not sure what the difference is. Um, Again, it's one of those things. I'm not sure how much of a change we will see, but it feels like something has to be shaken up there. Yeah. And like, to be fair, they had moments and this goes back to the tackling thing, right? Like they had moments where it's like third and long, and guy catches the ball short of the sticks and you make the tackle where you first make contact and mm-hmm. it's fourth down, you're forcing a punt, you're getting off the field. And they didn't do that. So, you know, uh, you know, the optimist would argue like, Hey, yes, if you clean up the tackling issues, 
we're having a very different conversation today um, because they did get it, do a good job of getting to the ball carrier, making contact. They're just not finishing the play. Right. But I think what a lot of people were really frustrated with on was you're in short yardage. You're in third and two, you're in fourth and one uh, or fourth and less than five. And it's, there's an eight yard cushion. There's a 10 yard yeah. cushion. And that to me doesn't, make sense because you have to right. account for the situation to your point i know it's the philosophy is it, it's it's more bendo break than it was in the gary patterson years and so i think tcu fans are on some level like still use still getting used to that philosophy mm-hmm. of like hey we'll we'll give you some yardage between the 20s but we're going to hold you to field goals or we're going to we're going to lock you up on third down and and we're going to get off the field um it's different it's a different approach but here's the problem you give that cushion because you're like, we don't want the receivers to get on top of us. Mm-hmm. The receivers are getting on top of you anyway. Right. Yeah. And so to your point, you got to try something different. And so if it makes a difference to mess with their release off the line and be physical with them, if you're not keeping pace with them, even when you get a 10 yard head start, why not try something different? Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I would like to see that. I don't know if we will. Um, it also might be a matter of, of the personnel, right? If they do make some switches and, and you put out Jamel Johnson, Fontenet, Chase Biddle, and you feel more confident in your team's speed at safety, um, then maybe you, you, you get more aggressive there. Um, I do think that might be a little bit of it as well. So you're, you're trying to protect those guys based on what you know, what they can and can't do. When we come back, uh, we'll flip it and talk about the offense. This is uh, Lockdown Horn Frogs. Before we do that, though, uh, when you make a championship team, you have to have the right parts. That's what we've been talking about here in this first segment. And uh, you have to make sure every player is a perfect fit. So the next time you need parts or accessories for your vehicle, head to eBay Motors with the eBay Guaranteed Fit System. They can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. You just add your ride to my garage and then look for the green check to know that part will fit or they'll give you your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. There's 122 million parts to choose from at eBay Motors. Um, You'll be back in the game in no time. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Right parts, right fit, and right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. You see the website there. Uh, ebaymotors.com go there today use their guaranteed fit system even someone like me who knows nothing about cars uh, can figure out the right parts for my vehicle thank you to ebay motors all right so offensively uh they scored 42 points they had over 500 yards of total offense running game was really effective um chandler had a, a okay football game i think that's fair to say Matt, are you? What are your frustrations, if there are any, with the play sheet for Kendall Bryles on Saturday? Uh, and what did you come away kind of thinking after his first game as OC for TCU? Yeah, and let, I mean, let's preface it with, I mean, what you said, forty-two points is not a bad outing. Now that works and most days. Yeah, forty-two points should be enough against Colorado. You have two turnovers in the red zone. You got a missed field goal. You know. There, there's a, you know, there's a, it's very conceivable for them to have been over 50 on Saturday and, and it, you know, they win and everything's mm-hmm. copacetic. Right. Um, so, and I think Saturday was a little bit of a Rorschach test. Like it's a little bit of like, based on your predispositions, you can kind of see what you want in the offense. And so like someone yeah. who maybe a little higher on 
Kendall Bryles than I personally am. I'm leave off field stuff. Leave it aside. Like, let's just talk ball for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at that and you say, okay, the you were able to run the ball the way you want to mostly. Um, you got a you got a group of a quarterback and a group of receivers who have not played together very often. You think their their rhythm and their rapport is going to get better, and they're going to there's going to be fewer of the breakdowns that you see, but you still were effective enough throwing the ball in that game to win the game. You think you're only going to get better that, at that over the course of the season. You scored more than 40 points. Um, you were explosive at times. You feel pretty good. And I think that's totally reasonable. For me, my hesitation is the hesitation that I think you have just like with this offense. This isn't specific to Kendall. This is just like anywhere that anyone is running. Sterling Gilbert at Texas, Jeff Levy at UCF, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, Mizzou, you know, uh, Phil Montgomery, T- Tulsa, Dino Babers at Syracuse. doesn't matter. Everywhere that you run the veer and shoot, the Bryles offense, whatever you want to call it, the question is, okay, the advantage it gives you is spacing. And because of the splits of the receivers, you get, you get light boxes all the time, you're able to run the ball, or you get one-on-one matchups and you're able to throw vertically and do it awesome. What happens when that spacing goes away? In the red zone and in short yardage, a lot of time late in close games, when you get those high leverage situations, can you execute when that spacing goes away? And that was the, you know, the concern that I saw on Saturday, maybe not like fully blossomed, but like seeds of it that I'm worried will kind of grow and blossom later on in the season against better defenses is you get into third and short and, uh, you, you know, or, or situations where the box is heavy and you're trying to run the ball and you get one yard, you get stuffed a couple times, you get one yard, two yards, you're not able to run the ball effectively. You get in third and short and you get cute, use gadget plays, whatever it is, you get into the red zone, you turn the ball over, you know, because you don't have the same spacing and easy reads that maybe mm-hmm. you had before, right? So those are the concerns that I think like structurally from the offense that are, you know, of concern to me. And if you've got the right athletes, it kind of doesn't matter. I'm not sure that they have, because they don't have Quentin Johnston this year. They don't have Kendra Miller. They don't have the game-changing athletes that can make something out of nothing, even if they're in a high-level situation and it's not perfect and the spacing's yeah. not great, right? So that's the thing that worries me. I like Imani Bailey. I'm buying a lot of stock in Imani Bailey this season. I think a bunch of different receivers showed some good things. I think Jared Wiley's going to have a big year. I think that's very clear from, from the get-go. So there's some things to like, but... I think you're going to see if they win games this year, there will be more blowouts in wins than there were than there were a year ago. They didn't blow out a lot of teams mm-hmm. last year, but they won a lot of close games. I'm going to be nervous, more nervous. And we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I'm going to be more nervous in close games because I'll have less confidence in their ability to execute in those critical situations in situational football. Yeah, those are all good points. I will say, I mean, I would have to go kind of look at the – the play-by-play again, I felt like they did okay for the most part in those situations. Now, the the egregious play was obviously the pick that Hunter had on third and one from the five, um, and and that can't happen. You know, that's just – you got to run the football there. But there were small things I had an issue with. Like, I don't – and this is more just like across college football. Amani breaks off that 74-yard run, and I get like, okay, your running back's gassed. But 
why are you throwing the football? And like one, if, if your running back's gas, why are you just sprinting up to the line? I know you want to go tempo, but like you just broke off a huge run. Your O-line's bullying people. Like slow it down for a second if you have to and run the ball. But um, those are small things. I do like what you said though. Do you want to jump in here before I go to something else? No, I think I think that I think that you're right. I think the the addiction to tempo is mm-hmm. something that's going to be different this year because Garrett Riley was he wasn't a pure air raid guy, but his air raid ethos on tempo was very familiar. Right, like you wait and see if you can move the chains once on yes. the drive, and then you're and going. then you go tempo, yeah. right? Because you want to like execute and like get yourself in rhythm and then go. Mm-hmm. And Kendall Bryles is like we're going. Warp speed yeah. from like from the first snap, right? Which is great if it works, but if you go three and out and you're on the field for game time like 32 seconds, mm-hmm. then with a defense that's already gassed, right? A defense that's already getting exploited, then you create a problem for yourself. Yeah, no, that that's true, and I I don't know. We'll see. I I heard a lot about this. Is one of the things that I feel like I kind of got hoodwinked on. I heard a lot about the tempo of this offense and they're going fast, but they're going like at a speed that a lot of college offenses do. It wasn't like they were snapping the ball, you know, every 10 seconds, like Chip Kelly was back with the Eagles back in the day. Well, and if you're going to go that fast, you got to be able to do it clean. They had a bunch of procedural penalties as well. Like that offensive line was not, they weren't in agreement on what the snap count was Mm -hmm. when they were going that fast. Right. And like, that's just, then you're just putting yourself behind the chains for no reason. Another thing I feel like I might have been duped on, uh, Jared Wiley was great Saturday. Fantastic game from him. J.P. Richardson, pretty solid. I had concerns about this wide receiver room before the year, but as the offseason went on, I started to buy into what the coaching staff was selling, and they had a pretty steady diet, especially in fall camp, of saying, like, I think we're actually deeper at that position this year. Um, okay, like they this could be this could end up being a good group. Let's stop that right now. That like Quentin Johnston was a first round draft pick. Darius Davis and Tate Barber were good players. The on receiver, NFL rosters. Yes, on NFL rosters. The receivers I saw on Saturday. This is subject to change. That was not anywhere close to the receiving court they had last year. Now they might be good athletes and maybe they put this together. But, I mean, Savion Williams just wasn't super effective. Um, and a, aside from JP, like it was – Dalen Wright had a nice game, but he only ended up having two catches. He made some nice plays, though, had a touchdown catch. And Chandler missed some throws too. But, um, again, I think it can work. But let's not, like, let's not sell this idea anymore of this, this receiving core is, is somehow better and deeper – I mean, I guess if you just want to go on pure numbers, and I know like Jalen Robinson's the guy that they liked that wasn't really showcased. Cordell Russell maybe emerges, but I, I feel like Matt, like we in the in the offseason, we talk so much about all these guys. Like we, there's all these dudes that we like, and we just start listing it off, and we're like, I, you know, this guy could be good, this guy could be great if this person stays healthy. But then the games start, and you remember, okay, they're really only going to play like. 30 to 35, you know, for, like they're just, you're not going to play 70 guys. And in, in, if you look at this receiver room, you're probably not going to play 12 to 13 players. Like it's it's not going to be that many. So I don't know. I was just, I was frustrated with, uh, 
I guess the the line that I bought into about that particular room. And maybe they'll prove me wrong. I hope they do. But I just I didn't see it on Saturday. I think I I am in agreement with you. And one, you lack a number one guy. Like if your number one guy is actually Jared Wiley, like that's fine. Like teams mm-hmm. make that work as like you run the offense through like you know Dalton Kincaid last year for Utah in the NFL you know, uh, Travis Kelsey and everything like you can make that work. That's fine. Um, but, and maybe that's the answer, but at receiver, like if JP Richardson is going to be your dude and it's going to be like, he's going to rack up yardage getting, you know, picking up on eight yard outs. Like, is that it? That's concerning to me. Part of that has to do with your quarterback, right? Is yeah. does Chandler Morris have the, cause I, cause I think they would like to use Jalen Robinson and they'd like to use Warren Thompson as deep threats. Does Chandler Morris have the arm to pull that off? Uh, we didn't see it on Saturday because he overthrew. I think it was Dalen Wright. Uh, yeah, he overthrew Dalen Wright in that final. He overthrew Dalen Wright on the post, and he was wide open. Like that's probably that's at least in the red zone, if not a touchdown. Right? Mm-hmm. Is right? And so, can you even showcase the skill sets that you do have with the limitation that you have? I want to be I want to be fair to Chandler. I know we're going to talk about him in a minute. I think I do think one thing that he did well was, um, you know, Colorado would blitz on third down a lot on Saturday. They blitzed a lot more on the last drive, and that didn't go as well. But for the majority of the game, they when they did blitz, he did a really good job getting the ball out hot and, you know, hitting the guy. And, like, that, the, the touchdown of Dalen Wright came on a play like that, and he's, got, mm-hmm. he's, he's great at, like, the throwing from different angles and platforms thing. So, you know, there are things to like about the way he plays, but there are also limitations to it that might keep you from being able to showcase the skill sets that you – that you talked all off season that you have in that room. Yeah. yeah so let's get to Chandler. I mean, I thought uh, got to be more efficient, like 50% completion percentage. You're just not going to do it. Have to take care of the football. But overall I was, I was, I came away encouraged. Now he missed some throws. He made some mistakes. Um, but I think there's a lot there to work with. As you said, though, there are some limitations and you do wonder as the year goes on, I mean, the teams start to kind of squeeze you in that intermediate passing game and start to force you to try to stretch the field a little bit more. And and that's, again, you talk about like this offense and talk about the veer and shoot, like that's supposed to be the counterpunch, right? Is if teams are going to, teams have to pick their poison. You either load the box and you got one-on-one matchups and you just, they you drop bombs on people or you leave a light box um, to try and account for those skill players and you and you're able to run the ball and mm-hmm. but that only works if you're able to throw the ball downfield efficiently and that means you need the receivers who can do it who can get the separation who have the speed and who have the hands to make it work you need a quarterback and get it to them accurately consistently and I don't know if they have those two things I, I, I don't um, I think to your, like I think Jalen Robson could be that guy I think Warren Thompson yeah. could be that guy and I think um, you know Chandler Morris when he can make a throw in rhythm that's great. But um, so it's just going to look very different than like with Max Duggan um, or, you know, some other quarterbacks that TCU's had over the years where it's just, you know, you load up and you let a guy go, go for a jump ball. Like it's going to be more a timing thing Mm -hmm. rather than it is a um, we've got a guy who can just go do it. Like you had with Quentin Johnston, right? Uh, When we come back, we'll wrap it up with some questions or comments or you guys give us some feedback on Twitter today. So we'll talk about that next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. 
All right, final thing for you, Matt. Sent out the bat signal this afternoon. We wanted reaction from the Colorado game. If you just wanted to vent, if you wanted to ask a question, whatever it is, Travis Kennedy uh, said on Twitter, even though the Colorado game felt like SMU in 2021, victory was in reach, but there were missed opportunities, it was actually more like losing to RG3 in 2011. Feels worse than it is. Additionally, we have basically seen the same defense suck and also not suck, but more not suck than suck, which I love that analytics <laughs> analytics uh, measurement yep. database there of either sucks or not sucks. But, Matt, what do you think of the parallels between this football game and the 2011 game against Baylor where uh, Jason Verrett really, really struggled but then ended up being like an all-world corner? I told I told Travis when he tweeted that today, I was like, this is the most optimistic appraisal of the situation that I've seen since Saturday, and I love you for that. Um, I think there's a possibility that's right. One, you're believing that Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, and that Colorado offense are of of in the same league as that Baylor offense mm-hmm. at its peak with RG3 as a Heisman, which is, is based on what I saw from Travis Hunter on set, it's possible, right? Um, and I, I like that comp with i don't think josh is going to be jason barrett but he is absolutely a guy who's like very confident in himself and works super hard and is super scrappy and i think could rebound from this well the question is will the rest of the defense also rebound and i think then that comes down to your discipline in terms of your tackling and your taking angles to the ball and do you make some personnel tweaks like we talked about earlier i am open to seeing it and again mm-hmm. I think they are helped by the fact that they, like, Shadur, he might, I'm not declaring this, he is certainly one of the better quarterbacks they will face this year. Travis Hunter is one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver they will face this year. This is a really hard test out of the gate. I'm not sure that they will face a better receiver-quarterback combo this year, or if they do, it's going to be of the same level, right? So, you know, it's hard for it to get worse. I will I will see that. Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of contradict myself because I was just tough on the receiver. It's only based on one game. But I'm still buying stock in this uh, corner group. I think they have good corners. And, I, I, you know, I feel like some of those some of those catches that Colorado made on Saturday were just like good coverage. Guys just made good catches on good throws. And um, I like that assessment. And I hope you're right, Travis. I hope that this is one – that they can bounce back from. Uh, our friend Jeff Craig, who works at KTCU, and is just a lovely person. And I'm always, I always get excited when I see that he's responded to something. He says, losing the turnover battle and time of possession with poor tackling make it difficult to win, but they were still within striking distance late. Let's say they kicked three field goals instead of uh, two turnovers and one by six. How would you feel? So, Matt, if they found a way to pull out that game against Colorado, how differently would you feel uh, here on Wednesday? going into a new week yeah the problems that i would have with the like those seeds that i was talking about with the offense i think would still be they're probably not quite as bad because they it would mean executing the red zone a little bit better um defensively the problems are are still the problems <laughs> and so uh probably a little bit better um you know uh, be, because you got a one in the win column instead of in the loss column i'd still have concerns but you know, Gary always talked about this. The idea is like, you know, you learn the most from the losses. You like to like have a win where you get tested and you and you and you and you learn something, but you still win. You know, that's the right. ideal scenario, right? They didn't get that. 
No, they didn't. I mean, if they would have won, I would still have concerns. I would feel a lot better, though. I think if they if they found a way to pull it out, I could have – this. I'm not saying this would be correct, but I could have uh, more easily chalked this up to, okay, you know, just wacky game, a lot of new players, maybe weren't fully prepared, but they still buckled down and got it done, um, which I'm sure is why coaches get so frustrated about just getting based on – that result not alone because there's there's so many things that go into the process of it that don't show up in um in that final result but you know that's that's just the business uh tommy said a lot of things let me see if i can if i can pick one out that i like i like all of it but but pick one that i i think would be good for us um we have to make changes on defense when we play faster teams love our linebackers but we put them in positions uh, tough positions, and but not everybody running back. Not every running back will run a four three. So, yeah, that's a good point. And we've kind of discussed this earlier, Matt. I don't think it's necessarily a wholesale change. It might be more just like a, a package or a situational thing. Uh, but you you can't keep asking these inside linebackers to chase athletic running backs out of the backfield. That's just a tough thing to do. Yeah, agreed. And 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 they've got guys who they can mix and match some pieces and see what they can do to to try and make that work. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very curious to see what changes Gillespie makes, if any, um, to the lineup and how soon he makes them. Last mm-hmm. year he was very slow to do so, like I said earlier. But I, I, I have I'm high on some of the potential they have there. Also, I mean we've gotten through this whole time. We haven't talked about Marcus Deal or Avion Carter, a couple of couple of freshmen on the defensive line who yeah. you know, maybe they get a chance to get out there a little bit. Um, they don't Gillespie just doesn't seem super interested in like generating pressure. He definitely seems to be more of the school of like, I really want to contain the quarterback and dare him to make plays from the pocket, which Mm -hmm. is fine. If you can play coverage, if you're not playing coverage, well, you gotta, you gotta make an adjustment, whether it's the tight coverage, whether it's blitzing more, you know, or, or, or running more stunts or something to try and like generate pressure with just your, your front, you gotta make some changes somewhere. I, I, I'm open to what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and final thing, Reed asked, can the defense turn it around or will they continue to be bad while we run a 3-3-5 scheme? Um, we've talked a lot about the defense. I, I, I They're not going to change this base front. Like I think there's some things that they can do. Hopefully there's more simulated pressures, more blitzes, and maybe there are some um, situations where they have – a four-man front, and they put somebody outside the tackle in like a nine technique. But, Matt, I'll let you have the final word on that, just kind of changing philosophy with the defense. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're going to stick with it. I think it's a matter of, you know, people be like, oh, like you can't you can't get pressure with three guys or like you got to hate – but like Nick Saban plays with a three-man front. Kirby Smart plays mm-hmm. with a three-man front. Like you can make it work, right? But you got to have the guys to do it. You got to execute and you know these last few games they haven't done that i think what helps you is when you've got talent and you've got the ability to really control the line of scrimmage which again is why i self like i i'm very i would like to see marcus deal you know their top recruit from this previous class on the field even though like technically he plays nose tackle he can flex out to to end get him and dominic williams on the field at the same time i think good things will happen for you and you talked about rick debrew earlier who was uh a grown man when I was out there. So, yeah, um, yeah there's possibilities here. It's it's week one, but we're going to overreact because that's what we do. Matt, thanks for being here. 
We'll talk to you next week. If they lose the nickels, you don't have to come on the show. I'll just say <laughs> that now. You know, no, I will. I will have to come on the show. I'll have to come on the show. Hold, right, um, well, hold me to that. Let's uh, let let's just hope and pray that scenario doesn't come to fruition. We'll be back tomorrow. It's locked on hard fronts.